finding God in unexpected places. This is the Messy Spirituality Podcast. Here's Jason Elam. Hey, everybody. Jason is taking the week off and giving me the reins. My name is Eric Howell, and I'm the voice that you hear in the intro and outro of this show. I'm also the sound editor for the Messy Spirituality Podcast. And since it's my episode, and no one is here to tell me no, I can do things like this. Or this. Praise the Lord! But to get into the episode, let me tell you a little more about myself. Like most of the listeners here, I've been going through my own deconstruction and reconstruction of Christianity. I have the typical story of going to church when I was a kid and having the fear of God put into me. Because apparently, when you reach a certain age of accountability, you become aware you're sinning. And if you die, the big man in the sky would send you to hell. I remember as a kid begging God every night that he would hear my prayers and not send me to hell. And being so afraid of missing a night in case I died in my sleep. These thoughts are much too dark for an adult, let alone a child. As I got older, I joined a more charismatic church and found myself much deeper in legalism. We would have hours and hours long prayer sessions, but still it would leave me feeling unclean and not good enough. We would try and heal the sick, and when nothing happened, the blame would be put on us. Either our sin was keeping the person with seizures from being healed, or maybe we just didn't have enough faith. And we would have these cult-like interventions where we would call out one person's sins and make them feel low enough until they repented. I would also sit in several church meetings where the elders were screaming at each other over small, insignificant details. And I just grew sick of all the hate in the church. The most messed up example I can remember was the preacher was on stage and was telling the story of how one of his church members had come to him. He was telling him about how his daughter was about to visit a friend's house and the man had thought that he should pray in tongues. Well, he ended up getting distracted and forgot. And on the car ride there, his daughter got into a car accident and passed away. Now he came to the preacher for some kind of guidance or some kind of comfort. But the preacher told him, if you would have prayed in tongues, she wouldn't have died. Now this was the big finish of the pastor's sermon. He was trying to show us the importance of prayer. But to me, I found this deeply disturbing. And this is what started to plant the seeds for my deconstruction. That what kind of God would allow this man's daughter to die because he didn't pray? Later on, I joined a ministry metal band. We traveled playing concerts. We would go to bars and meet total strangers and guilt them into confessing their sins so they would be spared from God's wrath. We would use the Kirk Cameron method and trick people into admitting that they were scum. Here's a quick clip of what I mean. By your own admission, (laughs) you're a lying thief and a blasphemous adulterer at heart, and that's only four of the Ten Commandments. That's how God sees you. At the time, it was a great way to go out and evangelize. But really, it was just shaming people into saying a prayer. And who was I to be the accuser? God doesn't see people as what sins they have done. He sees them as his kids. But I hadn't figured that out just yet. Now, this is about the time that I met Jason Elam. I attended his church services, and he would preach this grace. And I would call it heresy. Because God is a God of justice. This extreme grace couldn't exist. But 
what I've come to find is, what is better justice than God showing grace to all of humanity? Even back then, I never really felt comfortable with preaching this legalistic view of Christianity. But growing up in the Bible Belt, questioning things about what your preacher was teaching you was frowned upon. I did always have a gut feeling of what I was saying was wrong. I had gay friends, but at the same time, I would tell them, I love you, but you're definitely going to hell. I didn't really understand love myself. A few years later, I married my beautiful wife, Sarah, and had a wonderful son named Watson. And becoming a father truly helped me understand God the Father's heart. One day, I was sitting in my room, listening to some music, and the band that was playing had a lyric that said, Could you watch your children burn? This was, of course, referring to hell. That lyric stuck with me for months, and I couldn't shake that question. Could I watch my children burn? I thought to myself, no matter how bad my son could mess up, I would always be quick to forgive him. And there is nothing that would make me want to set him on fire. So I couldn't have had better morals than God. I finally came to the conclusion that if God is love, then there is no way he could condemn anyone to eternal torment. And if he did, he would be a total psychopath. And I really wouldn't want anything to do with him anyways. It threw me into this total chaos for a while. Everything I had believed had been turned upside down. How do I pray now? What is the point of all of this if there is no fear of hell? Even my core belief of salvation started to change. Salvation is 100% in Jesus' hands. The moment we make it something we have to do, we take it out of his hands and it's no longer grace. We can't lose it because we didn't earn it. God's grace was given to us freely. God has judged us already and the verdict is forgiveness. This is actually the first time I've publicly talked about this to anyone. The fear that God would torment me is gone. But now I've had a new fear. The fear of man and what people would think of me. I've become exactly what I thought of Jason just a few years prior. A heretic. People are so attached to their doctrine of hell. I no longer believe my gay friends are going to hell or my Muslim or Jewish friends or my Christian friends that struggle with lying or any other sin, but that Jesus came for all people. What's better good news than that all people have been reconciled? That all people are redeemed? Now, I don't have all the answers, and I never will. But beliefs I had held so strongly onto just a few years ago, I totally feel the opposite now. And that's the scary part of deconstruction helpless feeling of not knowing everything, but trusting in that God will bring you through to the other side. And deconstructing your faith without totally losing it. But I want to encourage you that it doesn't end with deconstruction. This period of time dealing with the grief of losing your religion will pass. You can rebuild your pillars of faith without your theology and beliefs becoming an idol. It no longer becomes a tearing down of your faith, but a restoration of a relationship. If I can leave you with anything today, 
it's that you are 100% loved. Regardless of what you've done, where you came from, or how you feel about yourself, you don't have to work for your father's love, but rest in it. Thank you everyone for your time. And if anyone wants to talk, you can email me at thepodcastdoctor at gmail.com. Talk to you later. You've been listening to the Messy Spirituality Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and visit us online at MessySpirituality.org. You can help spread the word about the podcast by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and sharing links to each episode on your social media. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.